0: Well, hey everyone, my name is Steven and I am one of the pastors here at Journey Church. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to this message. We pray that this helps you on your walk with Jesus, but also that it encourages you to get plugged into a local community of believers. Hey, if 2020 taught us anything, it's that being isolated from others is not how God intended us to live. So be sure to use this resource in conjunction with being plugged into your local church. And we hope you enjoy this message from God's Word.
1: Well, thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time here, if this is the first time you're catching the live stream, welcome. We're excited that you're here. Uh, You are catching us right in the middle of a sermon series that we've been going through called Psalm 23. And again, I know a real original title, right? But you'll never forget the name of this psalm uh, because of this series that we've been doing. And and what we've been doing is we've been taking this psalm one verse at a time. So this is our fourth week. You guessed it. We're in verse number four today. Uh, We're going to see a lot about what David has to say about trusting the shepherd in difficult situations. So we're going to jump right back into this. But throughout this series, and again, especially today, we're going to see what it means to say But also to truly believe with your core that we can say this phrase here it is well with my soul no matter the situation. Would you say that with me this morning? It is well with my soul no matter the situation. Right, And that last song couldn't have been more perfect to tie everything in here. As we reflect on those, we sing those words of how it is well with our souls. Now we can dive into God's word and just take it apart verse by verse and see why it can be well with our souls. But today, and especially today, as we get into verse 4, we're going to be taking apart the ultimate even though statement. Right? We've been talking about that, even though statement. Right? We're learning to say that even though the world around me is, well, right now it's literally on fire, but even though the world around me is on fire, even though it is crushing me, even though I can't seem to get ahead in life, even though I might have this cancer diagnosis, or even though, fill in the blank, even though we can still say it is well with our souls, not because of who we are but because of who God is and, who, and, and what he has done. Not because of our circumstances or our situations, but because of our foundation in who Jesus Christ is. Right? We're learning to say that even though my circumstances may not change, God can change me in these circumstances, and I trust that he will do that. Even though you follow Jesus and even though you lean on him and trust in him with your entire life, we are still going to go through hardships in life. That is one of the promises of following Jesus. And so to kick off each week, we've been reading Psalm 23 together as a congregation to remember what the good shepherd has to say. And again, to to remember that it is well with our souls because he is the good shepherd. Right? And we can trust him with our entire lives. So this morning, let's read this together and kick off our sermon series again. The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. He lets me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside quiet waters. He renews my life, He greets me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. You know, I tell you, I'm about this close to having that thing memorized. A couple A's and is and he's, and then I think I'm going to have this thing. Next week, I'm going to be... Next week, I'll have it. I'll challenge you guys to do that, too, next week. and, And memorize it in a different version so that we all just sound like a... Yeah, even if I mess up, we can just say, oh, it's a different version. It's okay. So... Now, remember, we've been, we've been going through this sermon series, so if you haven't uh, seen the, the first three parts of this, go back to our website, journeychurchgillette.com, or go to the podcast and get caught up on what we've been talking about so that you can see the context today. I'll give you a brief overview, though. Uh, remember that everything in Psalm 23 is hinged upon verse number one here, where David has this thought. He says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I have what I need. And then what he does is he moves on to explain those needs and how the Lord is providing for him. He says, well, the Lord, my my shepherd, he lets me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me to these quiet waters, which actually provide me rest and rejuvenation. And how he goes then on to say how the shepherd renews his life, or other translations say how he restores my soul. Right, And this means that even though, again, here it is, or even when I screw everything in life up, when I decide I want to go down my own path without my shepherd, and then I become cast and I'm stuck on my back. Remember, he's just sitting out there turtling. He can't really do much because he's out there all alone. He can't get himself back up. So what the shepherd does is he comes out to the sheep. He finds him and he flips him right side up and then says, hey, let's go back this way. And remember, I'm going to lead you down the right path. Don't go down your own path. Let's go down this path together because I want to lead you, right? He's the good shepherd. I'm not the good shepherd. You're not the good shepherd. We're just the dumb sheep, remember? He's the good shepherd, and we get to follow him. And because he does all of this, the, the ending of this verse says it's for his namesake, that means that God gets all the bragging rights, right? It's all about him. He gets the glory. Not us, but he and so today we're going to be kind of taking a turn here as we enter the middle of this sermon series. David's going to be flipping his thought. He's going to be flipping the language that's used here. He's even flipping from this nice, peaceful picture of rest to focus on something that sheep are huge, <clears throat> excuse me, usually not too fond of the darkest valleys. Right? And that's why we're calling today's sermon Through the Valley. But before we kick off, would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you for today, and we thank you for this word. God, as we've been able to expound upon who the good shepherd is, that you are the Lord Almighty who uh, breathes life and creation into existence. God, that you are the good shepherd who not only is is the majestic king of the universe, but who is also relational and desires uh, for us to be with you. God, we thank you that that's who you are, that you're not a God who's just off in the distance, that you're not a God who just leaves us cast where we're at, that you come out and you want us to pursue you because you first pursued us. Lord, we thank you that you love us, that you came for us, and God, that you ultimately died for us and rose again so that we could have eternal life in you. Now be with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, so far... The sheep, what have they been doing? They've been boasting and bragging, right? It's almost like they're leaning on the side of the fence, and they're talking to these other sheep and saying, hey, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. Look how good he is. He's providing all these wonderful things. Look how good my life is. But now the shepherd is actually, he's been preparing the sheep to head down to the valley. Not something sheep usually want to do. They don't really like to go down to the valley. It might be getting summertime, so the sheep need to be somewhere where it's a little cooler. Uh, The green pastures that they were at, they may need a break so that they can be restored. Uh, The waters may be depleting when they built up those quiet, still pools of water. So they need to let the land be restored also. It needs a break, and then they can come back maybe in the fall and then have another pasture to come back to. Right? The shepherd is going to be taking them back to these green pastures and these still waters at some point. And so the sheep are taking the focus off of other sheep today. And what they're doing is they're starting to put the focus on the shepherd himself. Right? We're going to see those personal pronouns of I and you are going to be starting to be used in this section of this psalm. Right? And the term, my shepherd, remember that's a personal thing. We don't just say a shepherd, he is my shepherd. Today, it becomes even more personal as we walk through the valley. And there's a few things that we can pick out just from verse number four today. And number one is this, that valleys are a guarantee. So if you're taking notes today, write this one down. Number one, valleys are a guarantee. Notice what the text says here. It says, even when I go through the darkest valley. You notice that it's not even if I go through the darkest valley, it's it's when. It's not if, it's when. And if you remember from last week, we discussed that there's actually an order to Psalm 23. Right? Notice that David didn't start with these dark valleys. Right? He starts with green pastures and quiet waters and his life being renewed. And he's being led, learning to be led by the voice of the shepherd in the green pastures and in the quiet waters. Because if we learn to hear his voice in those circumstances, it's going to be a lot easier to hear his voice in these circumstances. right? If you are led by his voice in the green pastures, it's going to be easier to hear his voice when you get to the dark valleys. right? The shepherd, he would take his sheep through the darkest valley to get to these new pastures. These pastures that had more greenery, that had more pools of quiet water. However, to get to those good places... They sometimes had to go through some dark places, right? To get to the good times, you often in life have to go through some pretty bad times. Again, it's not if, but it's when. My dad, he's always been a biker. My, My whole life, he's been a biker. Rode Harleys all his life. Um, he's even ingrained in my brain that the bike that he always wants is an FLHT Electroglide standard. I'm always going to remember that number. Not that I rem- know what those numbers mean, but that's the bike that he wants. Right? He, he even sometimes, when I was a little kid, he'd take me to school on the bike, and all my friends would you know, go, ooh, and he'd roll up with the loud pipes and everything. Got me my own leather. It, it's so cute. I'm going to give it to my kid one day. It's only about that big. Got the Harley emblem on the back. But my dad, he's always ridden bikes. He's ridden with different clubs, different members, uh, different people. He lives to ride his motorcycle. And I remember when I got my first bike that he gave me a little piece of advice. He said, "Just remember that it's not if you go down, but it's when you go down." He said, "So how are you going to be prepared when you hit that gravel and you go scooting on your side? You know, how are you going to be ready?" And luckily, that's never happened. I'm, I'm, you know, I guess I'm blessed. I'm not lucky, right? We're Christians. We say blessed, not lucky. So I'm blessed that I haven't gone down yet, but I'm always ready for the day that it could happen. It's like a Boy Scout, always being prepared. It's not if, but it's when. You know, I was reading other versions as, I, as I've been studying this. I, I, I like reading the CSB version. That's what we've been going through. But reading different translations, one of them said this, and I thought it was kind of funny. It said, Yea, though I walk through the valley. It kind of stuck with me. I was like, is David just sitting here going, Yay, I get to walk through a valley. This is great. This is what I... I really don't think that's what he's saying here. He's just saying, no, even though, right? That's what that yay is. Even though I walk through the valley. But... That just triggered just this whole little thought and this rabbit trail that I got onto when I was on Bible Gateway of reminding me of James chapter 1, where James tells us to what? Consider it great joy whenever you experience various trials, right? Count it all joy when we fall into a valley, because guess what? God is actually answering our prayer and making us more like Christ, It's making us stronger and deeper in our faith and in our understanding of who God is. Look at that. Whenever you experience various trials, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. The testing of your faith produces endurance. So, all in all, these these valleys that we walk through are building our faith. That's what they're doing. So even though I'm in this valley, I will trust the good shepherd and know that he is bringing me through a valley, and as he's bringing me through, it's actually building my faith and my trust in him. You know, Jesus comes on scene, and he also promises that there are gonna be valleys and hard times in this world. Right, the most famous one of all, I'm sure, John 16, where Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will Have suffering in this world, but be courageous. I have conquered the world. Jesus says this to the disciples right before he gets arrested and goes to the cross, right? They needed a little encouragement. They needed to be reminded to be courageous. This is like the ultimate even though statement that we get here, right? Even though you will have struggles in this world, be courageous. Because why? Well, if Jesus is your shepherd and you trust in him, he's already overcome it. He's written the end of the book. He knows how this is going to go. Right? Remember that you are not alone. Jesus says, even though I am going to die and then rise again, and then after this, guess what? I'm going to leave you and I'm going to go to the Father and send the promised Holy Spirit to you. You can still be courageous because you're not going to be alone. He said, I will always be with you in Matthew's gospel when he's given the Great Commission. Right and like a good shepherd with his sheep he never leaves our side either. Right and if we are found in him if we trust in him that we can overcome this world as well. Right so even when you do go through the most difficult situations or even when you feel alone or isolated just remember that you can be courageous because your hope is in the king of the universe Jesus Christ who himself overcame the world. David, who is the author of this psalm, right? this was a song that he had written. Remember, probably as probably uh, his chart-topper song. This is, this is the one we would always put on repeat. He had some massive points in, he, in his life, not only when he was the king, but also when he was just a shepherd boy. You know, David had heard about this, this Philistine giant by the name of Goliath that was just mocking his people. And so David, what he does is, you know, he's kind of, pumping his stuff up. He's ready to go fight this, this giant. He goes down to the river and he grabs these five smooth stones. And I was kind of wondering that. I was like, why did he grab five? Like, it, it was just one giant, right? He was so confident. But if you read into it, Goliath actually had four other brothers. And so I really think that he was ready to take down the whole family if he had to. He was ready to go. This little shepherd boy was taking him out. Right, but he slings one stone in the air and boom, Goliath is down for the count. And check this out, because Goliath was defeated, all of the other Philistines, all of those bullies that were messing with the Israelites, they took off. They were freaked out by this point. And then the men of Israel who were previously reluctant to take out this giant, now guess what they get to do? They all share in the victory won by a single shepherd boy. They get to share in that victory won by one little boy. And so to our champion, the the good shepherd, the son of David, Jesus Christ himself, he took on the giant, the Goliath of my sin and my failure, of Satan and the world system, and he beat them. He defeated them. And just like the Israelites enjoying David's victory over Goliath, guess what? We get to enjoy Jesus' victory over death and sin because we are found in the good shepherd. I heard one commentator put it this way when I was doing study. He said, the Christian race is the only race in the world that begins at the finish line. You know, we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory, right? We are fighting from the finish line, from victory. We already know that Jesus has overcome. No wonder he tells us, say, hey, be courageous. You got this. I have already overcome the world. And so we see from this portion that valleys are a guarantee, but we're not alone in them. Secondly, we need to remember that valleys are also temporary. Valleys are temporary. Look at what the text says here. It says, even when I go through the darkest valley... Right? In order for the sheep to get to more green pastures and to get to quiet and still waters, they would have to follow the shepherd through the valleys to get there. They weren't just airlifted to the mountaintop like I'm sure they wanted to be. Right? They had to walk through the darkest valleys, not staying or setting up camp in the valley forever, but they were walking through it. Right? When the weather gets hot, a lot of times the, the shepherd would move the sheep down into the valley where it might be a little cooler. But even though the sheep didn't like the valley, the shepherd knew, hey, this is what's best for you. Pretty much he's saying, I don't care what you want. This is what we're doing. I know what's best for you. I have to do that with my kids a lot of times. No, you cannot have ice cream for every meal. You have to have some broccoli. Right? And I'm the big bad bully for that, apparently. So there we go. But these sheep, they hate being taken down these steep ravines. They get very, very skittish having to go down these. And they are they are required, or I'm sorry, the the shepherd has to motivate them to actually get down to the bottom of the ravine. But the shepherd, again, he does it for their own good to, to keep the sheep cool. And because also there's gonna be a lot of runoff from the rains, they're sitting at the bottom in the valley. And so when those waters up top get depleted, those quiet pools that were on the mountaintop, you gotta take them back down to make sure that they can get a cool drink of water and get refreshed again. You know, when the quiet pools and the other green pastures would get depleted, the good shepherd, he knew where to find what his sheep needed. It's important to note, though, that the greenest grass is often at the bottom of the valley. Think about that. The greenest grass can oftentimes be at the bottom of a valley. Right? It's an interesting thought that a valley can sometimes be the way to the greenest pastures. The valley is often also the best route to higher ground. Right? The hardest times, the most difficult situations in life can often lead us to the best pastures and the most quiet waters. Right? The difficult times in life can lead us to trust the good shepherd even more. You know, a lot of times in life, we just, we just want the mountaintop without the valley, don't we? Yeah, Guilty. Yeah, we just want to get to the mountaintop without the valley. But it's interesting. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot have one without the other. There would be no mountains if there weren't valleys. right? Think about driving from Buffalo and then going through the big hordes and then getting to the top. The road itself, what does it do? It follows the valleys. It starts right there in the valleys. And then it follows the streams and then it begins its ascend up to the mountaintops. And similarly, the the ways of God lead upward through those valleys in life. So embrace them. right? The valleys, the pain, the, the hurt, the tribulation you're going through, maybe the failed relationships, the death of a loved one, the disease that may stick with you forever, that can be the road that will actually lead you to a higher ground with God. Right to where you finally trust him with everything, knowing that nothing is out of his control and that he will always be with us on the mountain, and you guessed it, he will be with us when we go through the valley as well, not staying in the valley forever, but walking through it. So what we see here is that, that valleys, yeah, they're, they're a guarantee, but, but they're also temporary. Right? We don't have to live In the valley. The other thing we should see is that valleys, they they don't have to be scary. Valleys do not have to be scary at all. Again, let's look at the text. It says, Even when I go through the darkest valley, look at this, I fear no danger, for you are with me. Right, David, he could have chosen to be scared. Right, He could have chosen to, like a lot of us, you could choose to walk in fear instead of faith. Right? He could have even chosen to worry and fear the things that maybe were never going to happen or the things that even hap- haven't happened yet. I know a lot of us do that. Right? We just think that if, if, if I worry and I freak out enough, then, well, that's going to fix everything in my life. That fixes my problems. You know, I, I'm here to tell you it doesn't work. <laughs> I've tried it. It, it doesn't. Makes you sick to your stomach. I don't know if that's a, that's not a win, no. But we think it's gonna change something if we just sit and worry about the future, but it's never going to. It's actually putting a lack of trust in our shepherd. Right, David could decide not to trust the good shepherd and to walk in fear instead of faith. Again, to walk down his own path and probably get cast again. That's what sheep do, right? They go down their own path and they get cast instead of walking down the path of righteousness righteousness with the good shepherd. But David wasn't trying to comfort himself in his own bravery and strength. Right? He knows that sheep are not brave. He knows that sheep are not courageous. But he knows that sheep who depend on the shepherd trust where the shepherd is taking them and that they will be okay. Right? Sheep who trust the shepherd know that the shepherd actually goes before the sheep. So what's the takeaway in this section? In the midst of your valley, remember that God is with you, so you don't have to be frightened. God is with you. i told a few of you that I, I've been reading a book with this sermon series by Philip Keller. It's a book called The Shepherd Reads Psalm 23. Fascinating book. I Really, for this sermon series, I probably could have just read you the book. It's, it's awesome. But it talks what it's like to be a shepherd and to have a bunch of sheep and to follow them around. But he writes these words in one portion of his book. He says this. He says, There is nothing that quieted and reassured my sheep more than to see me in the field. The presence of their master, owner, and protector put them at ease like nothing else. Right? There is nothing worse than when you're going through a valley to just sit there and feel isolated and to feel alone, it's like nobody is there with you. But there's nothing better than knowing that you're not alone. Right? So whatever you're facing, if it's, if it's a cancer, a loss, maybe it's divorce, grief, whatever it is, the presence of the shepherd will bring reassurance and give us true peace. And I love here that David, he, this is where he shifts that, that phrasing here. Right? He flips it from, he lets me lie down and he leads me beside quiet waters To Guess what, Lord? You are with me. It's not he, but now it's you. So instead of talking about God and how great he is, he now begins to talk to God. There's something in there. Look at this. I heard someone once say it this way. When you are hurting, don't just talk about God. You talk to God. Right? When you're hurting, don't just talk about him. You know, talk to him. Turn and pray to him. Talk to your good shepherd. He's right there with you. Turn to Jesus. Speak with him. Say, God, I'm struggling with this. I need help out of this sin. Repent from those things. He wants to restore you and renew you and bring you to new life. Right? Turn those talking points into prayer points with the Lord and watch how he moves. You know, today, maybe you know someone who is going through a valley themselves, right? Maybe they're having a hard time getting through this thing. And yes, God is absolutely there with them, and they are not alone. But we're also told in Scripture to go and be the hands and the feet of Jesus, right? Don't just let them struggle. Go be with them. Go sit with them. Love on them. Give them a phone call. Shoot them a text message. You don't even have to have the right words to speak. I know a lot of times in those uncomfortable situations, a lot of us are just like, I don't even know what to say. I've never been through this. This is a hard thing. But just by being present with them, you can speak massive amounts of volume into their lives. By showing them that you care and that you do have compassion for them, they may begin to see the light past those shadows in the valley. Right? So if you know someone in a valley, reach out to them. Go talk to them. Remind them that they're not alone, but just be with them. Right? It's often in those difficult times that lead us to actually lean on God and on God's people a little more, isn't it? Right? That's, what, that's what the sheep did here. Right? They could have chosen to be afraid and to be scared if they wanted to be. But they took their focus off of the valley and they focused their eyes upon the shepherd because nothing reassured the sheep more than knowing that the shepherd was with them in the dark valleys. So the point here is to get your eyes off of the storm and get them on the good shepherd. Get your eyes off of that dark valley and get them fixed upon Jesus and his sacrifice for us. Right? That's the only way that you're going to get through a dark valley in life. It's the only way to say that statement we've been working through. It is well with my soul, no matter the situation. But there's another reason why valleys don't have to be scary. Valleys don't have to be scary because of what the shepherd brings with him. right? He brings protection and direction. And some of you might be saying, I don't see that in the text. How'd you come up with that? What crazy version do you have? Well, check it out. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, I was reading two different uh, uh, historians on this, and they said sometimes a shepherd would have a rod and a staff that were just one. They were connected together. It could just be one instrument, but sometimes they were two different instruments. One would be the rod, which might have like this club, like a big old curl on the end of it from a tree, and then the staff would have the crook on the top of it, so they could have two separate, or it could be one. But the the rod portion was used to beat away predators and to protect the sheep. It was a tool of defense. David actually had to do this in his time as a young shepherd boy. In 1 Samuel 17, David is telling Saul how, Hey, I can beat this, this stupid Philistine giant because I've got the Lord on my side. Right? He's with me, but I also have experience in dealing with these hard times and these trials. Look at what David, or look what's said about David here in 1 Samuel. David answered, Saul, your servant has been tending his father's sheep. Whenever a lion or a bear came and carried off a lamb from the flock, I went after it, struck it down, and rescued the lamb from his mouth. Notice it's not a chihuahua or a neighborhood stray cat that he had to save the sheep from. This is lions and bears. These are huge animals that you would have to fight off. If it reared up against me, I would grab it by its fur, strike it down, and kill it. Your servant has killed lions and bears. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. I get chills every time I read that part. It's huge. And then David said, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, and may the Lord be with you. You can just kind of hear the snark and the sarcasm in Saul's voice here, can't you? Well, good luck to you, little buddy. God bless you. Thinking I'm never going to see that kid again. He is toast. Right. The text before this says that Saul and all of the Israelites right, this great army of the living God, they were dismayed and greatly afraid of the Philistine giant Goliath. But David comes on scene. He's seen some pretty gnarly things. He's fought off lions and bears. Oh my. Couldn't resist. But David, he didn't have his eyes on Goliath's size and he didn't have his ears on Goliath's taunts. He had his eyes and his ears on who God is. Right? He didn't see Goliath's size. He might come up to him and say, yeah, that's a big guy, but guess what? You're going up against a pretty big God and you're not going to win this battle. And he hears Goliath's words, these taunts that he's sending them to, but it's, it's funny because he finds them so ridiculous because they are aimed at the armies of the living God. Goliath was no more threatening than one of these lions or these bears that he had to kill off, and so he steps up. And again, right here, when we get our eyes off of the valleys and off of the situations and off of the things in life and remember that my shepherd, he goes before me, he carries a rod, he carries a staff, then I can just sit back and say, well, whom shall I fear? No one. So we see the rod here. It was that that portion of defense, that portion to beat away these animals and to save the sheep, to rescue these sheep. But the staff would have been something a little different. The staff was actually an instrument of support. And the Hebrew word here said it was a support of every kind. Right? So whether it was the, the crook, which was the hook portion of the staff that was at the top, he could use that to reach down and pick up a sheep and pull them out of a hole if they got stuck in there, right? Supporting them by getting them out of that tight spot. Or he would even use it to correct the sheep and to get them moving in the right direction. Right? Support can come in the form of correction as well. But all in all, the rod and the staff, they brought comfort to David. Right? It helped him. Even in those darkest valleys, it helped him to know that God was guiding him, leading him, and correcting him. Right? And it's a great comfort to know that Jesus, our good shepherd, does the same for us. He leads us, guides us, he corrects us too. Sometimes we may not want that, but again, we need it. Right? Even if we have to go through death itself, we can remember that Jesus the Christ took our death and our punishment and he nailed it to a cross on Golgotha. Paul writes in the, letter, the first letter to the Corinthians, "O oh death, where is your victory? And oh, death, where is your sting? It's, it's a rhetorical question because death doesn't have a sting anymore. Death doesn't have victory anymore because Jesus took that away. And if you believe in him and you follow him and you trust him as your good shepherd, then guess what? You don't have to worry about the sting of death anymore or the victory of death anymore because it's gone. It doesn't have it. It is merely, as other translations would say, it's merely a shadow of death. You don't have to walk through death itself. You're just passing right by its shadow. Because Jesus is the one who took death. He walked through it by himself and then cast it aside and told us to be courageous and to fear not. It's pretty amazing stuff. And so today as we we begin to wrap this up, It's good to remember that that David, he's been bragging on God, right, about all the good stuff that God gives him. But now he's going to be going through a valley, a dark shadow of death situation in his life, and he is still calling him good. Why? Because he trusts his shepherd. He knows that valleys are gonna come in life and he knows the valleys are not gonna stick around forever and he knows that the shepherd will not leave his side for one second so he has nothing to be afraid of while they're in those valleys. David trusted God in the good times and he trusted him in the bad times as well. So my question that I wanna leave with you today is this. Will you brag about God in the good and the bad times? Or are you just going to brag about God when things are good? Going your way, right? Will you praise God on the mountaintop and in the darkest valley? Or just on the mountaintop when maybe everything's going your way? Or God, everything's going my way, so I'll give you praise now. But as soon as things get dark, I'm going to turn and curse you. Right? In the good, are you up? You're praising him with your voice and with your hands in the sky, but when the bad stuff starts coming your way, are you quick to start questioning and start doubting who the good shepherd is, forgetting that, man, he can use valleys and trials to actually build our faith and give us endurance in life, like James 1 told us? And I want you to know today that you can trust him for everything in life. Right? You can brag on him in the good, In the bad, in the ugly, in everything. You can lean on God, the good shepherd, Jesus Christ, for all your needs. Trust in him with everything you do. Follow him wherever he leads you. And always, always lean on him in everything. Right? Because the good shepherd promises to go with you and to get you through the valley. Not leave you there, but get you through it. And today I want to I close a little differently. Uh, we're going to show a, a video, and then after that, the, the band's going to come back up, and we're going to sing a song that reminds us that fear does not have a spot in the walk of the Christian life. Okay? The fear does not have a spot when Jesus is our shepherd. And then after that song, uh, Christina's going to dismiss us, and we're going to go back out into the world, and that's where we're going to be the church, okay? It's not here. We're going to go out into the world and remind this town, this community, whoever we come into contact with, that, hey, if you trust Jesus as your good shepherd, then you can have victory through the valley. So check this video out.
2: Psalm 23, David says... Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil." The valley. It is a depression or an extended canyon that seems to go in one direction. It seems like it would go on forever. You see, we all seem to go in these valleys in our life. We may be entering a valley, we may be in the middle of the valley, or we're about to leave the valley. And the valley, it comes in all different shapes and forms. It can be uh, the loss of a friendship. The metaphorical death of a dream or a missed opportunity. It can even be the literal death of someone that we love. Basically it is something that ceases to exist in our lives as we now know it. Ecclesiastes says that there is a time for everything. There is a time to laugh and there's a time to cry. It's that mourning season. It is that season of pain. Everyone hurts at some point. We all feel the pain of experiencing the valley of the shadow of death. When we are in the midst of pain, it feels like it goes on forever. There's no relief in sight. I'm not talking about having a bad day or even a big inconvenience. I'm talking about those seasons when the pain hurts in our bones, in our gut, into the very core of who we are. So where do we go when we mourn? Where do we go with those thoughts of pain and those wounds? Jesus said, for those that are mourning, do just that, mourn. But he also gave a promise that there will be comfort. So for those people that are in the valley with no wind in sight, they must be comforted. And we want to help. We want to be there for people. But in reality, there are really no words to say for someone who is sitting in their mourning booth. We try to tell jokes, we think that laughter should lighten their mood, it doesn't always seem to work. If laughter is the best medicine, why does it seem to sting when we're in the valley? And Others try to offer perspective, we really don't know what to say, so we try to offer some counsel. We'll say stuff like, all things work together for good. It's true, but the timing may be a little off. Sometimes we find ourselves trying to comfort someone we really love. We say it's time to move on, to rise above it, to get over it. But there's a life still to live. But if we were to really look at them, we'd see their pain. For those of us who can't see the pain, we leave, we exit. We cannot sit in the morning booth any longer. We cannot stay in the valley. Everyone must take their turn in the morning booth. However, they shouldn't have to do it alone. Paul calls out the cry for the followers of Jesus, mourn with those who mourn, carry one another's burdens. We must get in close proximity of the person in pain. Never underestimate the power of your presence. When a person is seated in their morning booth, there is something eternal and gently and quietly taking a seat next to the wounded. You see, you don't have to use words at all. It can make all the difference in the world when someone is willing to sit and share in the pain, the sorrow, and the hurt. It is a holy response.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to that message. We hope that it inspired you to trust the Lord, to treasure people, and to transform our world with the saving gospel message of Jesus Christ. If God is leading you to give to Journey, head to our website, journeychurchgillette.com and hit the Give icon in the bottom right-hand corner. Your gift helps us to continue providing resources like this every single week. Also, be sure to follow us on social media and check out our website for updates and additional information. Hey, God bless you guys and have a great day.